You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live. Justice is served. Featuring the week's roundup and commentary on legal news. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, Justice is served. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Black Hollywood Live Justice is Surf, where we bring you the latest in news and entertainment. Happy Friday. Uh, we are your co-hosts. I'm Rawa Gabraab. I'm a point attorney here in L.A. And I'm Lonnie Coombs, a former prosecutor here in L.A. for 18 years and now legal commentator. Good luck. How was your uh, holiday? Wonderful. How about yours? Not long enough. <laughs> it was, well, it was so nice to have the fourth on a Friday because I think people really took a three-day holiday weekend. It was so I just loved it. It really, really was. Oh, I got some great sleep. So good. Good. <laughs> you need it. Yeah, that's we, important. Yeah, um, uh, we're going to do things a bit different today, uh, and we're going to go ahead and uh, do kind of like a rapid fire on the docket. A lot has happened in the past couple of weeks. A lot of stories to cover. Um, a reality. TV star and a former mayor are headed to prison. Uh, we have Sherry Shepard's continuing divorce woes. And um, also, we're going to be covering uh, some trademark issues with Tyler Perry and a really disturbing video of a police beating uh, here in California. Uh, we'll go ahead and get started today with... Um, Real Housewives of Atlanta star Apollo Nida, who is married to uh, uh, Phaedra Parks, who was also one of the stars on the show. He was sentenced to eight years in prison on Tuesday. I think we have a picture of him. Actually, I think we have a picture of both of them together. I don't know if we can pull it up, but... Um, there they are. Oh, there they are. There they are. In happier times. They're a great-looking couple. They man. are. They are. And um, they have a really they have a really interesting history, which we'll, which we'll get to. So he was sentenced to prison on Tuesday for eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for on fraud charges, and um, he was arrested in January, and he pleaded guilty in May to these charges. Um, that a fraud scheme, apparently, where he stole millions and millions of dollars mm-hmm. from uh, at least fifty people over four years. Apparently, he created fake collection companies with a partner to gather personal information and steal victims' identities, and um, he used the info to get fraudulent auto loans and. Um, he was busted after a year-long investigation. So a hearing on July 17th next week is going to determine how much he has to pay in restitution, which is this is in addition to his eight years. Mm-hmm. But um, he was actually in prison before he was on the show. Uh, Phaedra actually married him uh, after he had done a five-year stint in prison already uh, for auto title fraud. And he said in his defense, you know, being on reality television – made him feel like he had to keep up. His wife is an attorney. She also owns several funeral homes. She has a lot of different businesses. She makes a lot of money. And um, I think he felt the pressure. He's also quite a bit younger than her. I think Mm -hmm. maybe eight years younger than her. So um, they have two young sons. And um, the break in the case really came when his uh, co-conspirator, I guess for lack of a better term, snitched on him and Mm -hmm. um, in in return for a lesser sentence. And... um, yeah, I uh, was very surprised to hear that Phaedra was not at the sentencing hearing. His mother was there. His brother was there. What in 
What, in your experience, Lonnie, does that tell you about maybe either I don't know the state of their relationship, or maybe she's, tr- or maybe, or <laughs> well, maybe she's trying to not, for itself. and maybe she's not trying to, you know, be involved. She doesn't want to, you know, have any charges, be, be charged at all for any well, knowledge. That's a big question a lot of people have. First of all, supposedly there were pictures of her taken at the same time that he was in court mm-hmm. uh, with another housewife on a on an island somewhere. So I think she was making very clear she wanted to have nothing to do with this. Uh, although it is interesting. I keep waiting to hear if there's, you know, divorce proceedings pending. Mm-hmm. I have not heard anything about divorce papers being filed or anything like that. Um, you know, she's a smart woman and she went into this um, marriage with her eyes open. I mean, mm-hmm. she's done criminal defense work. He was already in prison for five years. That's a serious sentence on yeah. auto fraud. Um, so she knew his background um, and um you know, his expertise in this area, his his excuse that he felt the need to keep up, you know, is just an excuse. Mm-hmm. Believe me, there are plenty of ways to make money, to make an honest living. And she has so many businesses. He could have worked, you know, with her if he had wanted to. Um, and she wanted him to. Yeah. And she mm-hmm. was constantly evolving herself and mm-hmm. going into new businesses. And he could have been doing that, too. When you hear about the complexity of his scam and you think, and I used to always think this all the time when I would see some of these criminal defendants in court, they had so much um, entrepreneurial thought process, very creative, Mm -hmm. very hardworking in their scams, their illegal scams. If they had just put that towards something legal, they really could have um, been successful. And, and this guy, you know, blew it. I mean, he had everything he had, he had been able to, you know, get the prison sentence past him. He was in a good marriage with a beautiful, successful wife, um, living the dream and mm-hmm. on TV. And he chose to continue to, um, you know, do these schemes. And, you know, he they, he also stole U.S. Treasury checks, retirement checks who had been issued to Delta Airlines employees. I mean, these are not victimless crimes. Mm-hmm. These are people who lost property and money because of him, because he wanted to maintain an elevated lifestyle um, in an illegal way. So I don't think there's any sympathy there mm-hmm. for him. Um, it remains to be seen what will happen to their marriage and what she will do because, um, you know, Fader also needs to protect her legal right. status um, as far as her, her legal license, her attorney license. And, you know, some people may say, well, was she involved at all or did she know or should she sh- should she have known? Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently the investigation did not go that way. The co-conspirator did not in any way implicate her. Um, and so it looks like the U.S. Secret Service, who are actually the people who broke this case, focused solely on him. So I, I think she does have to distance herself, at least at this time, you know, to protect her her reputation mm-hmm. as an attorney. Well, there are outlets that are reporting that uh, there's some document under seal where um, sealed under the record, which discusses, I guess, the amount of snitching that Apollo has done. Is there any way that this information... snitching? Yes. I mean, right. to get a, right. a, a reduced sentence, mm-hmm. a, a downward departure. Right. Um, is there any way that information could come to light? Who he who he told on, what he did? <laughs> well, if it's or... a sealed document. Usually they try to protect their snitches. Right. You know, but, it, Usually. but the understanding <laughs> is if it's evidence that they're going to use it, some point the snitch usually has to testify right you know an investigating um, agency they use some confidential informants who they are you know assuming they'll never reveal they take that information then they develop their own investigation so they get more evidence that they can actually use in court they never have to disclose that person but if you know it ends up that that his information is the evidence and he ends up having to testify later then obviously it's going to come out so Well, I, I think the last thing is he's uh, he he lucked out and got voluntary surrender. I don't know 
voluntary surrender is really something that is um, <laughs> is left for white collar criminals. Yeah. Or, but um, does he just have a really good attorney? Will he have more time to fill season seven of Real Housewives of Atlanta? Yeah, um, yeah I, I'm not sure exactly, uh, you know, what that means. But I guess he has a little bit more time. A little celebrity treatment is that we are alluding to that but, perhaps but, he was treated differently. Possibly, possibly. I mean, he is pretty high profile. And, but usually um, with a record, mm-hmm. when you have priors that you went to prison for, you know, you, you don't get voluntary surrender. <laughs> ah, gotcha. He lucked out. He it lucked depends. Out. You know, it depends. It's, a, it's the federal system. So. We'll wait to see what his restitution uh, amount yeah. is going to be. But it's a really sad story. They've got two little, I mean, a baby. I think maybe a one-year-old. Adorable kids. Adorable. Yeah. Um, and, um, and a three-year-old. And just, I mean, eight years. It's a long time. So uh, we will wait to to see how this plays out. Um, moving on to Sherry Shepard. Man, this has mm. not been her year. Mm. This has really not been her year. First, uh, her husband files for divorce. And then she gets, well, I'm not going to say she got fired from The View. She and The View have parted ways. Yes. <laughs> or will yes. be parting ways. I mean, mm-hmm. the rumor is that, 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 her, um, that her contract was terminated, but, um, or maybe not up for renewal. Uh, but, uh, it's just, it's just not been, uh, the best year for her. And according to a TMZ report, um, as we learned earlier, uh, both Sherry and her husband, Lamar Sally, have a, a baby that is set to be born this month through a surrogate. And uh, according to this report, Sherry doesn't want anything to do with this baby, uh, with the, un- the unborn surrogate baby. Um, and she feels that, that Lamar may have defrauded her into having a kid in the first place. So that way he could get child support because uh, what's also been reported is that in the prenuptial agreement, if they've been married less than a certain number of years, he only gets $60,000 and... I am willing to bet that she, you know, has a lot more money than that. So, and, and that he, and he desires more than that. So they filed separate documents to end their marriage. Uh, Lamar filed first. And, uh, in California. In California. <laughs> Sherry filed, I believe, in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and this big complication is this surrogate who I'm sure is probably panicking. Like, what mm. is going to happen right now? Um, and we're reading that Reading reports that the um, baby was conceived with Lamar's sperm, but not Sherry's egg. It's mm-hmm. not clear if it's the surrogate's egg, if it's somebody else's egg. I mean, this is information that we don't know. Um, but she doesn't want to even be considered a pa- parent. Wants a judge to terminate all her legal uh, parental rights and responsibilities, so that way she would not have to pay child support. She doesn't want to get nailed with those um, with those uh, costs. And it's just it's getting so messy. Is this a plausible story? Is it a plausible story? It, I mean, I, it, it, it just seems so. It seems it seems so crazy. Um, well, you know, I, when, she's when people go through a divorce, she's they wanted get, a child. Yeah, when people go through a divorce, the hardest thing, uh, you know, all of the emotions and the sadness and the anger all go mm-hmm. into dividing the property. Because that's what you can do, you know, unless they get violent towards each other, right. which we don't want them to do. But they, they get very emotional and um, dramatic about, you know, pieces of property that, you know, may or may not have that much value. Now, here we're talking about a baby, which is why it just sounds so strange yeah. that, you know, she. It, I mean, the headline, I don't want this baby, sounds terrible. And yet when you hear, you know, okay, maybe she's telling herself, look. My egg is not in there, mm-hmm. so I am not biologically connected. Although, because the surrogate's been carrying the baby, it's almost been nine months that she has been hopefully bonding with this baby, mm-hmm. um, thinking that she was going to be raising this baby, that it was going to be her baby. Um, and, you know, from the reports, she has wanted to have a baby, and they tried for years to get pregnant in different ways. And then the surrogate was, you know, sort of the last... Um, 
last resort, but there was a lot of effort and time and money Mm -hmm. and emotions that went into um, trying to have this baby. But on the other hand, here's, you know, her husband who she was supposedly going to be raising this baby with, who is now filing for divorce. Full custody. (laughs) Yeah. Well, full custody because, as you know, when people go through divorce, you understand if you have done it before, you know, whoever has the baby gets the child support. Right. And so you see some parents, whether or not they actually have the time to be the full-time parent, they want the kid because they want the child support. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and, and then she also has her first husband, who is the father of her son, um, that's, I think, eight or nine now, mm-hmm. Um also now jumping on the bandwagon and saying he wants full custody. So she's got these two men fighting over these children. Um, and you've got, you've got to understand why she's feeling a little bit paranoid that is this all just for the child support? Is it for my money that, that I'm working hard for? You know, So uh, it's, it's a sticky situation. It's going to be very interesting. Now, supposedly, New Jersey law is less likely to recognize mm-hmm. a surrogacy contract. So it might be easier for her to break all of the, you know, whatever contractual agreements are there. And then you step back and you say, okay, then whose baby is this? Well, the only person who has a biological connection to it is the soon-to-be ex-husband. So he might be the one that's on the line legally and physically to take care of that child. So um, she's got her hands full. I feel terrible for her um, with what she's going through. I mean, talk about having to go through a divorce in public and then having all of these issues that have got to be extremely emotional. And whether she's, you know, saying she's attached to that baby or not, you know she has to in Mm -hmm. some way be emotionally attached. Well, yeah, and she announced on The View Mm -hmm. uh, a year ago that she and her husband were trying to have a baby and that they were uh, going to go the surrogate route. And Mm so, uh, yeah, it's got to be, in addition to just being really painful, it's got to be pretty just embarrassing just that this has to be played out publicly. Um, I think that the one thing this does do is bring a lot of attention to, I guess, surrogacy law, fertility law here Mm -hmm. in the U.S. It's something that's not really talked about unless it's really high profile. It's big business. It's big business internationally, especially. And uh, it's actually pretty surprising, as you said, how the laws can vary even just across the country from Mm -hmm. California uh, to uh, to New Jersey. So uh, we will definitely see how this plays out. And and who knows, maybe uh, we'll see some pretty interesting legal developments, especially once we learn, if ever, uh, who the egg belongs to. Well, and here's the other thing, too. The baby's going to be born in a month. I hope the court doesn't drag its feet in making this determination because, you know, the baby needs to start bonding immediately. And you put the baby in a foster care situation or, you know, um, it's just hard the baby shouldn't have to pay for this. Right. The baby should be able to go to, you know, loving parents, wherever they are, whoever they end up being. So, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. All right. Tyler Perry. Um, you know, Tyler Perry is one of the most successful men in the television business, Incredible. movie business, mm-hmm. entertainment business, extremely smart, extremely um, entrepreneurial. And um, it seems like everything he touches turns to gold. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's really great. Um, now, he has kind of a funny little battle going on right now. Um, <laughs> it was too. I thought it was too. Uh, yeah. A lot of questions and I, and here. I, it's, I have some questions. And it's all over a phrase, what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. If you've ever heard that, sometimes you see it, WWJ. D. And um, he says that he has the rights to it Mm -hmm. Um, and that he the U.S. state, the United States Patent and Trademark Office actually declared that he is 
the owner of that phrase, that he's the winner in a battle over um, this phrase. Now, there was another woman named Kimberly Kearney who was actually on the VH1 series, I Want to Work for Diddy, and she was known there as Popra. Mm-hmm. Um, and she actually says, look, I registered for this trademark first, and apparently she did. But Tyler Perry did back in May of uh, 2008. He registered the mark in the category of entertainment services. Um, he didn't say he was trying to own the um, exclusive right to the name Jesus, just mm-hmm. to the phrase. That would um, be a bit much. Yeah, I that would, yeah, I don't think that anybody's going to try and do that. Um, but actually, months earlier, uh, Kimberly Carney had actually filed for that same mark for a reality mm-hmm. television program that she says she was going to develop. So now... Um, Years later, she's trying to do something with it, and Tyler Perry steps up and says, uh, no, you, you can't do that. I have the, you know, I filed for this one. And you haven't been doing anything with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, well, yes, I am. Look at my website. I've been talking about this reality show I'm going to do. Um, I, it's on the, for, you know, I've been calling for auditions. Mm-hmm. So it's actually in the works, um, and that she's been using it since November 2007. Um, and that she says, and here's where we always get to when you get to copyright um, or trademark issues, um, if you read all the cases, there's always this allegation in there. She says that she actually went to the Tyler Perry Studios right. and talked about this show and gave, shared with them her idea, looking for essentially backing and, and support. They stole my idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that she did not get the backing or the support. Right. And now, you know, essentially she's saying, hey, wait a minute, you mm-hmm. took my idea. Now you're trying to take my trademark. Um, so what happened was um, Tyler Perry's attorneys, who I'm sure are probably much more powerful <laughs> than yep. her attorneys, uh, went to court and filed. Um, there, it's called a, they request an admission of certain facts um, that she admitted that she had not produced a television show in connection with what Jesus would do. Uh, what would Jesus do? That she hadn't sold one, that she didn't intend to do so, or has she not taken any meetings for such a show? Now, what happens is, if you don't show up and say, no, 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 none of those are true, then the court just automatically assumes them yep. all to be true, which is what happened to Kimberly Kearney. So the court said, okay, all of that's true, then obviously you have no right to this mm-hmm. phrase, and it goes to Tyler Perry. And she's saying, wait a minute, that's not true. He knows it's not true. People can go on my website and see that's not true. Um, and she says, this has not been fair. Now, my question to you is, <laughs> <laughs> do you think that that was really a legitimate call by the court? Or do you think this is just a matter of the more powerful, more successful, more wealthy person who can hire the better attorneys is winning here and the little person's getting stomped on? <laughs> um, I think it's a combination of both. Mm-hmm. Okay, first... Yes, Tyler Perry probably has the best attorneys out there. Mm-hmm. So uh, they are able to employ whatever legal tactics are necessary to uh, get whatever it is he desires. Mm-hmm. But um, two things here. Uh, with regard to, uh, I think her name is Kimberly, Kimberly. Kearney, mm-hmm. uh, she was required to respond right. to certain um, admissions. Right. Uh, to Those admit questions. or to, yeah, these questions, right. admit or deny them. And, and she didn't. Right. And she didn't do it timely. And so, uh, in doing so, she heard her own case, mm-hmm. whether that's, you know, her, whether that's her attorneys. Uh, and so. Whether she has attorneys. And that's exactly, exactly. And yeah. so, and so she really hurt herself on that, mm-hmm. uh, on, on, on that. Uh, part of the case. Second, uh, yeah, she had a website. Yeah, she had uh, a, a prospective reality show. But the fact of the matter is, website didn't work. 
And uh, the reality show never took off. I mean, I mean, there were there, it hadn't gone past a certain point. And so, uh, with trademarks, if if there's no use mm-hmm. um, after a certain amount of time, then they can be challenged. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, it looks like Tyler Perry actually had grounds to stand on, but it couldn't hurt that he has. All the money, all the power, and the best well, lawyers. And, uh-huh. and because he is, and let's face it, there's a lot of people very successful like Tyler Perry right. who do have these other people come up and say, hey, I gave you that idea. I mean, mm-hmm. it happens all the time. Especially you know, here most in of them are, oh. you know, just, you know, false or empty. So if you, if you're going to have a meeting like that mm-hmm. with, you know, a, a big powerful person, you need to document, you need to be able to prove it later right. on in case, don't just, yeah. So, there's no indication that she did prove it. Yeah, she, exactly. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why she didn't show up for court or maybe it was because because, you know, she didn't have her attorneys. But either way, the courts now sort of imply that, okay, Tyler Perry, now you need to go out and use this because you've taken it, you're claiming it. And so perhaps there will be a reality show or some type of show or movie that uses this phrase that, yeah, in the future. I think soon. there's like an onus on him right now. Yeah. Like he has to use this phrase. He's fought right, right, for right. it for six years. Yeah. So you better use it. Well, you would think that, mm-hmm. that otherwise he wouldn't be fighting for it. Right. So. And um, just a little side note. Do you remember how popular those WWJD bracelets mm-hmm. were in the 90s? Christian youth groups from the 90s. I remember uh, yeah. we used to rock those in church. So I was really surprised to hear that there wasn't a prior trademark. Yeah. I mean, that that she was the one, uh, Kearney was the one who, who trademarked this phrase and well, not and somebody else. It, it could have been trademarked, though, in a different a- arena, correct? True, true. Because this was in the entertainment service, as they said. So. And, I, and I was, uh, yeah, I think I was just, uh, I was pretty surprised that maybe like the original trademark holder or anything didn't really become much yeah. part of the story or yeah. anything but, but yeah. Tyler Perry is always thinking man he's and everything that he does always turns out great so I'll Non-stop. be interested to see what happens mm-hmm. to that all right uh, for all of those of you who love New Orleans and believe me all of us do if you've been there oh it is God. an amazing place um, and we remember the Hurricane Katrina this is a sad sad case mm-hmm. I, I feel bad about it when Hurricane Katrina happened, I remember, all of us do, the mayor, Ray Nagan, standing up there mm-hmm. looking so handsome, so professional, so strong, such a great, um, you know, standard bearer for New Orleans. I mean, he got your attention and he was saying, please help us. We need this. And I just thought, what a great mayor. I right. mean, he is so good. Um, and he could go. You know, who knows where he's going to go after this? He's just doing such a great job for New Orleans, and and New Orleans needed so much help, and and he was getting it for them. Well, now it ends up, all these years later, that we find out that he was not everything that he appeared to be, Mm -hmm. and that there was actually a lot of fraud and bribery and corruption going on, even though he had um, actually... um, run on, you know, an anti-corruption platform. Imagine that. um, That I'm going to turn it around and make it all different. Uh, And now he just, this Wednesday, was sentenced to 10 years in federal prison, which sounds like a lot, but actually a lot of people are upset that it wasn't more, Mm -hmm. especially the citizens of New Orleans. They are extremely angry at him, saying, you know, we we thought that he was going to be the person that that turned us around, Mm -hmm. um, and yet he was just like everybody else, you know, that's been the the um you know the reputation for so many years and the struggle in New Orleans and um so the US district judge Helen Bergen said that he was guilty of rampant inexcusable corruption um but she did come down from um the the guidelines of a minimum of more than 15 and a half years i mean it could have been a lot more and she yeah. cited that he was a devoted family man had at times been a good mayor and that he would never hold office again mm-hmm. and so then she ordered him to report to a federal prison um in september and he's also going to have to pay 80 
$4,000 in restitution to the IRS. Mm -hmm. Um, So the federal jury in February convicted him of 20 counts, including bribery, conspiracy, wire fraud, money laundering, and filing false tax returns. Um, And essentially, he was trading city business for cash, trips, and favors. Once again, someone in a political office using that for their own gain rather than helping other people. Um, and at the end, even after he received his sentence, he's still not admitting guilt. Mm-hmm. He just said, you know, I trust God is going to work all this out. Um, and then a lot of people were just very unhappy with the sentence. So what do you think? Do you think that the departure downward to the 10 years was appropriate um, by the judge based on the factors that she cited? Or do you think that, you know, New Orleans really deserved, uh, you know, a, a strong sentence here to send that message? I I really agree with what you said earlier about uh, about Mayor Nagan, former Mayor Nagan, really being a symbol of the city during Hurricane Katrina. And uh, this this news really saddened me. Of course, I'm not a New Orleans resident, and I don't know what else. Um, I wasn't there to see, you know, the damage that he did um, after after Katrina. But uh, judges have this discretion to downward depart, and um, he's 58 years old. Mm-hmm. He's 58 years old. He's got kids. I mean, of course, they're older. He looks, he's aged yeah. so much. I mean, well, when you see that picture. Well, I yeah. guess, you know, the thought of prison will do that to you. Yeah. But um, I think that uh, that was fair. I mean, by the time he gets out, he'll be 68. Be almost mm-hmm. seventy, um, and I, I agree with the judge. At times, he was a good mayor, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I mean, ten years is a long time. And uh, I understand that it's not the minimum, and and maybe that. People think he's being shown some type of favoritism, but um, I, I think it's fair enough considering his age. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the thing that In really particular. bothers people besides the history of you know corruption and that he promised he'd turn around is, you know, it's one thing to be taking all of these side benefits for your own personal gain mm-hmm. just when you're in political office generally. But when it's a time when your constituents are hurting, so that people too. have died, people don't have homes, people have lost everything. And then he's still, you know, working to get those kickbacks for himself. It's like, how, how could you be doing that right. when, when your people need that so much? So, I, yeah, I understand their outrage. But like you said, he, he really won't have, you know, he'll be an elderly man when he gets out. Yeah. So, all right. The last story is actually a videotape, um, which we can go ahead and show you. You've probably seen it. It's really gotten a lot of play this week um, nationally, yeah. although it happened here in California with the CHP. Um, we can go ahead and play that video. It was videotaped Passing by... Uh, Interstate 10 in Los see, Angeles can you see that here? Okay, video. so the guy that's videotaping it is actually in a car a woman on an on-ramp going onto the freeway here in California. She tries to block the oh, God. Okay, so that's the CHP officer, and, and, and he's pounding this woman on the ground. Endangering herself and this is the CHP the chief talking about it. David Diaz recorded the Tuesday so here, here you can see it again. And when you see this, press that he okay, here's the beginning to watch. Okay. Diaz said she turned around only you can see the, the victim walking down that little corridor someone and the officers come across together. Okay. I think it's a fair so let me set up the scene here. The um, a number of witnesses talked about this woman who was on the on on ramp. Right, she was walking in between the cars and essentially interfering with traffic. So apparently, someone called the CHP or a CHP officer drove by and Ooh. saw. 
And as she had gotten not onto the side, she was on that little median between the on-ramp and the actual freeway. She's walking away. He comes up to stop her. And they end up down on the ground. And she looks like she's, you know, kind of grabbing for his shirt. And uh-huh. she he starts pounding her and pounding her numerous times in the face. And eventually it looks like a civilian comes up, gets out of his car, and comes to help the officer get her under control. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously there has been outrage because that videotape of the pounding has been shown over and over and over again. And it looks horrible. This is a great-grandmother on the ground, um, homeless. There's been some allegations um, or implications that she has some mental illness. In fact, according to the CHP, the report said she didn't have any injuries after this beating, but she was sent to a mental um, evaluation um, to see what her mental status is. Her family has come out Mm -hmm. and said, look, you know, we need to file on this CHP officer. This is not right. She was, you know, being pounded. She was being beaten. Um, and the CHP has said, look, we're going to do our own investigation. We do. We're very good about policing ourselves. Um, but let's just point out, traffic is a very dangerous situation, not only for the pedestrian on the street, but also for the people in the cars. You can cause car crashes. People get killed on the freeways a lot out here in California mm-hmm. when they think they can cross the freeways safely. Like their car breaks down, they're trying to run across, which is crazy. Don't ever do that. People always end up getting killed. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's what they're saying from the CHP point of view is, look, he had that concern about the traffic. She was out there not on the side of the road, but in the little median between the on-ramp and the freeway, which, you know, although it looks like traffic, they were going slower than the usual, I don't know, 70, mm-hmm. 80 miles an hour. People usually go here beyond the speed limit. But still, there's fast traffic going by. He didn't have backup. She did appear to be not doing what he said to do. Mm-hmm. She wasn't just putting her arms down. She was, you know... Um, not fighting back, but moving, continuing to move and sort of grab at him. So, um, you know, it's interesting because a lot of the, the citizen groups said, you know, the CHP has a good reputation. They usually don't have these issues, so we're kind of surprised, and we're going to wait and see what their investigation um, is. But the obviously the victim's family is just, you know, in an outrage saying, we need a lawsuit now. Um, they're not giving information about her because mm-hmm. they said we want to keep the focus on the CHP officer's um, actions. What do you think about the videotape and also what the um, CHP said about, look, this is a very dangerous area on the freeway and the officer was by himself. He needed to subdue her for her own safety, for his safety, and for the um, cars, mm-hmm. the drivers that are going by, safety. Uh, well, one, the video is incredibly disturbing. And mm-hmm. although the highway is a very dangerous place for somebody to be wondering about. Um, it, it has been reported that this this woman was mentally ill. And uh, I mean, she looked like she was beaten to a bloody pulp. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what I found to be incredibly disturbing after that were the reports that CHP uh, put out saying that, oh, she didn't report any injuries. I mean, she was fine. I mean, we know she was injured. We saw yeah. what happened. I yeah. mean, she didn't, she didn't just come out of that clean, no bruises, Well, nothing. I'd love to see the mugshot. Right. Because they, I'm sure they took a, you know, a photo and there's going to be some stuff. The other thing, too, is I don't understand why. So she's grabbing at his, you know, mm-hmm. his shirt. Why didn't he go for her hands instead of punching her in the face? Exactly. I mean, is he trying to knock her out? I, you know, why are you, is, why is that your first resort? I don't know. I'm like, don't they, do they carry tasers? I don't know. They carry tasers. And, you know, of course, we don't know if she was saying she had a weapon mm-hmm. or she was, you know, you know, sometimes they say they're trying to grab for the officer's weapon, but she's grabbing up here, 
not down by where the gun would be. Right. And there are reports, and even though we, I didn't see in the video, there are reports that she may have kicked him in the groin area and that maybe this was just a very, Mm. like, instinctual uh, reaction, not to justify it at all. But um, that's something that we didn't see on the video. And, um, but it is something that has been reported. Cannot confirm it, but, um, you know, I'm wondering if that, if that's just what it is. He's been put on administrative leave Mm -hmm. and um, it's very, Unclear at this time how it'll go, but people are outraged. It's made national news, yeah. and uh, the video is is really really disturbing. So we'll be following this story, and maybe we can get her attorney in here at some point to discuss yeah. because yeah yeah. Um, and the, the attorney, the the family's attorney, has already been making statements. So you know, I'm sure there'll be a lawsuit filed here in addition to whatever the CHP investigation comes up with. But I you know, right off the bat, there needs to be some credibility, and and don't just say there's no injuries, right? Because <laughs> we can all see there's some damage. Being down there. Yeah. Pretty yeah. sure she got more than just a scrape or yeah, something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's all the on the docket. And I, I just want to uh, encourage you also that Rawa is going to be doing an interview uh, in a few minutes with Benjamin Crump. You recognize that name. He was the um, attorney for Trayvon Martin's parents during the Zimmerman case. It's going to be a great interview. So make sure you catch that also. Uh, definitely looking forward to it. We had a great show today. Uh, great topics. Thank you so much, mm-hmm. uh, Lonnie, for being awesome as usual. And, <laughs> uh, and um, uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Rawa, R-A-H-W-A. And I'm at Lonnie Coombs, L-O-N-I-C-O-O-M-B-S. And be sure to follow Black Hollywood Live um, at, on Twitter at, at BHL Online. And um, we will see you guys again soon. And I'll see you guys in about 15 minutes. Thank you. From producers Maria Menounos, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.